branding, advertising, PR, digital, whatever else it is, everything that communicates is what we cover for the next two hours. And you can communicate with me by calling on air at the point of discussion relevant to that subject by doing it 891 My name is Ashraf Garda, so welcome indeed to the show. You can tweet, as always, hashtag... Media show, you must do that. And by the way, if you're doing it and you're tweeting on comments on the show, that's great. But if you're also quoting the guests uh, and you're quoting accurately with hashtag media show and you tweet to me, I promise you, I'll retweet you. You need to play your part to do just that. Of course, you can SMS me 34701, 34701. Lots to talk about, including around uh, 10.30, much later on, that uh, fascinating sponsorship deal between South Africa's world champion, Wade Van Niekerk and T-Systems. But that comes up much later. In- Before that, there's so much more, including, however, something that must absolutely concern you, like right now, this fascinating Science or relationship between brands on the one hand, influencers on the other, and consumers. And something I think, if you as a consumer and you're going to a supermarket or something this morning or even to a coffee shop, exercise your mind to that triangle. But Kirsty Sharman certainly knows lots more about it. She's the Global Head of Operations for Webfluential, and she'll talk us through all of these. Kirsty, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Kirsty, Hi. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I certainly can. Thanks thanks so much for your time. Right. Okay, so you have a thought leader discussion for the morning. Then let's talk about this. First of all, this, the science and, and the relationship between brands, influencers, and consumers. What, what are you saying? So, I mean, I think, you know, for us, it's something we've chatted about quite a lot recently. And, and throughout the course of last year, what happened was we, we ended up developing this platform. And I think, you know, I've spoken on the show before. Mm. And, you, and I think a lot of the market is kind of, more familiar with what Webfluential is and what we do. And a big, really, really big drive for us this year is helping brands, helping influencers, and helping consumers understand understand the triangle and understand the signs about sort of how to get all the metrics right. So so something, and I think, I mean, I chatted at a conference earlier this week, but essentially what, we, what we're doing a lot of at the moment is the education thing. So if we, if we look at campaigns that run through the platform, you know, how do we use methods that have worked before, um, you know, which talks about the, the art of influencer marketing. So how do we get the creative side right so that the audience is winning, the influencer is winning, and the brand is winning because they, they're meeting their business objectives? But then also how do we get the science side right so we're connecting the right brand with the right influencer who has the right audience? Okay, and I think there's quite a lot of metrics we can talk about there today. All right. Well, I mean, even up front, you, 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 you in fact, implying that, that there's a science behind this. So those that think it's just uh, nice, uh, you know, romantic reasons why people buy things, you're suggesting it, it's a whole lot more than that, isn't it? So, so go ahead. I mean, maybe just quickly refresh what, what Webfluential is. I know we've chatted about it before so people understand it and then understand what is it you then say next, yeah? Okay, so, so Webfluential is quite simple. We're an online platform. You can, you know, any, anyone can register there. It's webfluential.com. And what we do is we help connect brands with the right influencers who have the right audiences to talk about their message. And there is quite a bit of science behind it. So as an influencer, so an influencer would be anyone who's on Instagram with a substantial following or possibly an upcoming YouTuber or maybe a, a mommy blogger, for example, they write a lot of content every single day. They talk to an audience. They grow their audience. They create a craft where people follow them for a specific reason. And kind of if you go back two or three years ago, it was quite hard to put a value on that. It was quite hard to understand, you know, the same way that if you maybe go to a News 24 or Sport 24 and you put a banner on their website, you know, there's a rate card and you understand it and you know kind of I'm going to pay and I'm reaching the specific audience. 
And we developed a science that really helped a lot of influencers understand, A, their value, but B, which are the right brands for them to be working with. So, so as an influencer registered, we authorize all of their channels, which means we've got partnerships with the likes of Facebook, uh, Google, so for Google Analytics, YouTube, Twitter, etc. We, we go through, through to the API, we fetch all of their data, all of their content, and then we analyze it for them. And once we've analyzed it, what they've then developed is a score for each influencer, and that's based on three metrics. That's based on reach, resonance, and relevance. And I think, you know, if I can just touch on that quickly, okay. reach, reach being a simple one, how many people you would be able to reach with this content. So that, that's an important thing if a brand wants to work with you to get their message out. But it's not the only thing. We also have resonance, which is when you post content, how likely is that content to be liked, shared, engaged with, etc. And then we also have relevance, which is when you post content to, to your audience, how likely is that to then be shared? How likely is it to go further? And I think that for me is the most important one because if I'm a parenting blogger and my audience is parents and I'm posting content that resonates with them, they will then share it on with their audience. So, so it's really just if we can help influencers understand their metrics, so what is their influence score, how much is that worth, which is a really important thing, mm-hmm. then we can help the right brands where the brand logs on and says, I'm looking to find a parenting blogger who has a really, really high resonance score who could potentially talk about daycare, then our algorithms will match the two. Okay, and I know we, when we spoke about it before, you, you put on a figure of, of my value at about, what, 3,500 rand on a, a tweet. Okay, I, I need to start using that a lot more than I do, but, but just give us an idea very quickly of maybe three or four other South Africans and what value you put to their tweet, and then we'll talk about some of the insights. So, I mean, this is, it's, it's quite a tough thing, and I think you could go in and you could put any influence on. I mean, we've done metrics before of Justin Bieber, who's earning a, who could potentially earn a hundred thousands of brands. And then we go all the way down to someone who maybe has a thousand or two thousand followers. I'm not exactly sure of the metrics because it ranges, but if you literally just use a webfluential, uh, I think it's webfluential Twitter calculator, you'll be able to put your handle in there, um, and it will bring back your value. But I think I have about five thousand followers, and I, if I'm correct, I'm earning between £35 and £40 a tweet. Okay, Not that's that I'm really doing much, much work, obviously, because I'm too tired to do web central. Well, but there you are. I could if I potentially wanted to. Of course. Let, let me invite callers as well. 0891104207. Let me invite tweeters as well. If you are doing that, it's hashtag media show, and you can uh, tweet to me at Ashraf Ganta. But also you can SMS 34701. On this important issue, around, and it's quite fascinating, understanding the science and engagement of brands influencers and consumers. It's another sort of triangle. We tend to think of, you know, the, the parents, the teacher, and the child in school. Well, this is another uh, triangle that's just so critically important. So, so Kirsty, give, give us some insights. Of course, just let me remind people, Kirsty Shaman is the Global Head of Operations for Webfluential, a South African company that certainly has made a mark in terms of what they do in understanding that globally. But let's then talk about you know, some of the insights that you shared at the conference you had the other day. Okay, yeah. So I think one of the biggest things, and I can touch on it a little bit, is um, something, and it was really, really exciting for us to speak at that conference because that conference was very heavily focused around content creators, up-and-coming YouTubers, brands who are investing heavily in content. And it, why it was a really great opportunity for us to talk is because as much as we can do the science side of things, um, I think it's also really important that we work with brands to share some of the insights we've had over the last 18 months of running hundreds if not thousands of campaigns um, that have run through our platform on what works, what doesn't work, um, what is sort of what is the formula that can help 
you know, we can't really say that it, it could guarantee success. But if you can follow a similar, uh, if you can follow the right formula, what will help you put you on the right path to run a great campaign? And something we have been working on with Webfluential is is helping understand the, the helping understand sorry helping brands understand the perfect triangle. So if you can almost imagine what audience at the top of the triangle, which is the consumers who will read the influencer's tweets, you've got the influencer at the bottom of the triangle on the right-hand side, and then you've got the brand at the bottom of the triangle on the left-hand side. And in order for the triangle to be equal, everybody has to win. Um, and that's really, really important. And the way that we learned this is to see some great campaigns and some not great, some not some not great campaigns. And the one that balanced really well was the one where the influencer said, you know, I'm so proud to post this content. For example, we ran a campaign with Fanta where they kind of gave some up-and-coming YouTube stars some some budget, and they said, you know, you can use this to tell your audience in your own way what do you think Fanta tastes like. And and that was sort of the brief and and. These guys came back with incredible content, and they were so proud to post this content that in the end, the audience was so happy to receive it that most of the influencers who worked on the campaign ended up with that, you know, that video on their YouTube channel being one of the most viewed videos that they had actually worked with, and it was a branded video. And then in the end, the brand won because the brand got great exposure to the right audience because they were working, you know, because the science connected them with influencers that had the right target audience, and everybody won equally. So, so we ended up with a influencer saying, I'm really proud to post this video on my YouTube channel, even though it's a branded video, I'm proud to post it. You ended up with an audience that loved it and posted great comments and shared it because they said, wow, this is a really great piece of content and I really enjoy it. And then the brand won because they got lots of entries to the competition because a lot of other people saw the videos and thought that's a really great thing. Well, then you have to think, what does Fanta taste like to me? And, you know, for us, that was a great metric of the triangle being equal because everybody was winning. Whereas if you go to a, a, a phase where a brand says, you know, post a press release, for example, on, on your blog, and mm-hmm. it says X and Y, Z, and the influence is kind of like, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable, and it's not really right for my audience, and they do it everywhere, and they maybe do it anyway. Um, not everybody's winning in the triangle, so the campaign is probably not likely to succeed, because the influence is posting something reluctantly. The audience is like, oh, it's been really entertaining for me to read. But the brand is maybe winning because they're just putting their message up. So the triangle then is not equal. So, so that's really what I spoke quite a lot about. And then we also just gave a couple of stats on influencer marketing that we learned throughout the course of 20, 2015. All right. And, and in terms of understanding that, let's then talk about just that. That's so, so, so key then clearly for a brand to deliver to a consumer is to, is to cultivate that, that influencer relationship now. For, for many for many of us, uh, maybe up to the last uh, 10 years with the advent of social media and uh, digitization of, of, of the whole marketing industry or, or just about everything, in fact, uh, it's been pretty straightforward, isn't it? The influencer has been, you know, above the line advertising or below the line advertising with regard to PR. Uh, things have now changed considerably. How then does a brand then get... Uh, or get an influencer to embrace a brand uh, intentionally or unintentionally so that they can then influence the consumer with regard to that brand in the first place? Um, so I think if you if you almost look, the phase one of that would be how you would connect to the person. That's what we will help brands do a lot. So a brand would log on to Webfluential. Um, you could, you know, you would put in there saying, I'm X brand, I'd like to speak to a specific audience, so males between this age and this age. Then... Sort of the next phase of that is what category. So maybe that's in the business or the marketing category. Then you say, okay, well, this is how much budget I have. Then you would say, I want to work with maybe two influencers. And then you would say, okay, search. 
and the system would go out and would look and it would say, okay, well, these are possibly really, really relevant people to speak about this topic. So, so we're matching them on the relevant side. So if the influencer had to speak about this topic, it would be relevant to their audience. So we, we're kind of helping you put together the one side of the triangle. But then something that I think a lot of people are learning now, and it's such an important thing, is, is what is your job? You know, what is your role as, as a brand or as a marketer in that equation? And your role is, is less about creating content, which is, I think, where a lot of the problems come in. Your role is about writing a really, really effective brief that will allow the influencer to share your branded message in the right tone. Um, and, and that's really important. So, so it's a bit of a different dynamic. You know, it used to say, okay, I'll go to my agency. My agency will produce content for me. We will then put that content on a media channel and we'll share it to an audience. And that kind of dynamic is changing a bit because you're going to an influencer and now instead of you creating the content, you are guiding them saying, okay, well, these are the two business objectives we want to meet and I'm writing a really, really great brief so that they understand what we would like their audience to receive and and the message that their audience would be able to benefit from, but then the content creation sits in a bit of a different place, which I think is a bit of an uncomfortable place for market and something we're learning to work with. Mm. Interesting one. I'll pick out some, some SMSs in just a second. 34701, talking about uh, that relationship between uh, the engagement. This is the science uh, with regard to the engagement of brands, influencers, and consumers with Kirsty Sharman, the global head of operations for Webfluential. And you can, in fact, follow Webfluential uh, as in W-E-B, F-L-U-E-N-T-I-A-L, but on Twitter, it's the T-I that underscore A-L, by the way, uh, Kirsty Sharman with us, right? So, so Kirsty, who, who's doing it well in practice then? Give me some examples. Um, so we've, we've got about, we've just, we've just over 3,000 clients now that use the Web Central platform and we've got just over 8,000 influencers. And I think maybe if we can, you know, highlight too, I think the Fanta campaign I spoke about and if, if you almost just want to, you know, if someone wants to hop over to Google and you just Google Fanta, the fuss, what's your flavor? Because the fuss is one of the influencers. There's a great example of a video, um, a YouTube campaign that did really, really well. So, so Fanta, I think for me, was an exciting campaign that, that WebFrontal worked on because they really tested the triangle. They really put it into their press saying, okay, our job is to write an effective brief. Our job is not to make the content and then give it to the influencer. Um, so we got to see great results of that campaign, and, and it was something that really helped us determine that triangle. Um, another, camp- another client of ours that's really testing the landscape is Vodacom. So we've been working with Vodacom now for the last 18 months, and as an, as an early adopter of this sort of new trend, it's been a really exciting journey to, to walk with them, an exciting road to walk with them, because you know, we've seen, we've seen really, really great campaigns. We, we actually head over to our website. There's a, a case study on our website for a Vodacom Visa campaign that we ran where, you know, Vodacom and their agencies, I think it was, it was Glue and Cerebra at the time, worked with us saying, um, what, you know, we've, we've done this partnership with this music streaming app, Deezer, and what we would like to do is, is we would like to get people to download the app. So it's a really great app and it would really benefit our, a lot of our consumers if they could download it, but, you know, we're not really too sure how to get them to download it. So they did a, a whole bunch of other marketing as well. And, um, you know, they kind of went to influencers and they said, you know, what, what, what do you think you could do that could help us with this mission? And, and what the influencer said was, okay, well, it wouldn't really be great for us to just, you know, do a blog post or a social post that said, hey, 
audience, please download this app. But what if we create pr- playlists that are really, really relevant to the people who follow us, and you have to listen to the playlists on Deezer? So, you know, for example, we had a parenting blogger saying, you know, these are the top ten songs that you could play with your kid on the way to school. This is the, these are the top ten songs that, like, I listen to in the car. So she took together, you know, and this is all, it's all organic and it's all real. It's not something that's made up, you know. She does drive to school every day with her child in the back, and she does have a playlist that she listens to. So mm, she put mm, it on season. Mm. She said, well, this is my favorite playlist. And then what happened is a lot of other parenting, you know, audiences that were following her were saying, okay, well, I actually want to listen to what songs you put on in the car. So then they ended up downloading the app so that they could listen to the playlist. And, you know, essentially it was just a, you know, great metric for us to be able to to help everybody win in the triangle again. So I think that was an exciting one for us. Um, we've done some great work, weirdly enough, with some brands that you probably wouldn't think so exciting. Um, it's been a great journey for us. When we when we started Webfluential, mm. we kind of thought a lot, you know, we're going to work with brands like Red Bull and we're going to work with all these really exciting brands. But, you know, the brands that really benefit the most from influencer marketing are, are brands that maybe aren't so exciting. You know, they're, they're brands that need a bit of help getting positive conversations okay. in the online world. How, to, to, to what degree then, and I mean, obviously, your influencer marketing uh, in terms of web influential is, is one part of a, of a massive industry, but uh, taking your example, to what degree then are you and others like you uh, rewriting the rules for all sorts of engagement, not just through, through classic influencer marketing, but, but even through, you know, uh, above-the-line advertising? That means to what degree has this disrupted the industry where we may see a complete rethink about how we all engage, you know, in, in that triangle that we spoke about? So, you know, I think... Yeah, if I definitely look at it, if you would look at the first industry that we were disrupting, I would definitely say it was probably along the lines of the PR industry. That that would be um, the first place. And then where we play a lot of now is in the is in the, the paid media industry. So again, it's the the outdoor budgets, the digital budgets. But essentially, what we say a lot of is that, and then, and I don't, you know, I kind of say this, and I think it's normal that a lot of people will understand it, but it's really, really important for us as marketers to understand is that consumers are changing. Um, I read a really simple stat the other day that said, you know, there's over 200 million pieces of content being posted to the Internet every minute of every day. I think it's every minute or it's every day. I'm not sure. That might be every day. But, yeah, it was a huge number. And, you know, you've got things in America like stats being released saying that if you want to reach females between the ages of 18 and 25, you're more likely to reach them on YouTube than you are to reach them on TV. And those shifts are happening, and it's a consumer-driven shift. Consumers are changing the way they consume media. Consumers are changing the way that they want to receive advertising. Consumers are forcing us as brands to change the way that we connect with them. And I think for us, we're just trying to stay as much in the forefront as possible. And, you know, something I wrote a piece probably almost 18 months ago just saying, do we need to rethink ourselves as brands and do we re- need to rethink our strategies? Because for as long as we've known it, we've always said that we should be the person who, give our, who, give, who gives our message to the consumers. So that was the normal process. And we tell our stories to consumers and, and we tell them what to expect. But, you know, we've seen this really interesting change where are we always the right person to tell our story, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. there's someone better equipped to share our message to, to the right audience. Because interesting, and I if, think that's if, if, if as you're saying, consumers are changing, that means the strategy clearly has got to change uh, from, a, from a marketing or brand engagement point of view. Otherwise, these brands will, will fall by the wayside. They think they're talking to people. They think people love them, and that's not the case, right? Yeah, so I think it's definitely not an overnight change in the sense that we're saying, um, 
you know, overnight we would change. I think sometimes brands will phone me and they, you know, they say, I want to run influence marketing and give you guys our budget. And, I, you know, it's something you advise them on really carefully that it's a, it's a shift over time. So, so brands are slowly starting to invest more and more into working with other people to share their story. But you're exactly right. It's a strategy. It's a, as a brand doing lots of research, um, understanding where your audience is, understanding how they're moving. I mean, we're having a, a credible shift at the moment to Snapchat. So something as a business that we're looking at is, you know, do we in, do, do we need to integrate Snapchat as a channel, which we, we probably are going to, because, you know, as a brand, you know, we're trying to market to this audience. Our audience is, you know, this, we're seeing incredible adoption on Snapchat, and we're not adapting our strategies to go there to be able to talk to them. So, so for us, something that helps us as a business is that we kind of tend to be able to follow the influencers. So by having 8,000 influencers on the platform, we get to see where they move. So last year we saw, especially in South Africa, actually, we saw a really, really big rise in that, or big growth in rich content influencers. So YouTubers and Instagrammers, whereas sort of three years ago, it was very much bloggers and guys who were tweeting a lot. Um, and now the biggest growth that we're seeing is happening on, on YouTube and on Instagram. So we know that if the influencers go there, we know that the consumers are going to follow. So we just try and educate the brand as much as possible to keep up. And, uh, all right, so, 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 so that influence, would that mean, you know, when we talk about uh, Instagram, instantly people think about a younger audience, someone has thrown in things like a vlogger or sort of a video blogger as opposed to traditional, you know, uh, very academic blogs that others may put in. Does that then differ in terms of ages? What I'm saying is, are you seeing the, 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 the vloggers and the consumers of these, uh, the, these different platforms on Instagram and YouTube, are, are they always younger or in fact they're younger, older and just about everybody else as well? What, what I'm trying to determine as I talk to you is that the yes. listener listening in, are they thinking we're talking about something that's not their business if they're, if they're over 40 uh, or over 50 or in fact it concerns them as well? So, yeah, and I think that's interesting stuff. Um, so we do get to see the ages, and I, I think definitely we are, we are, you see brands shift more of their budget if they're trying to reach younger consumers when they work with influential. Um, really enough, a lot of the campaigns that we run actually on Facebook allow us to reach um, our audience. There will be some, phone keeps beeping, but it's Twitter. Um, if we look at Facebook, that allows us to then, reach an older audience. So we kind of just, we just sort of play it by ear and the brand will say to us, well, this is the sort of audience that we want to reach. So we want to reach females between the ages of, let's say, 35 and 50. That would be your target audience for your campaign. Um, the system will then bring up the influencers that are right to meet that audience. But I, I do kind of tend to agree with you in the sense that we, we are playing more sort of in the younger, I would say, like 18 to 35 space. Um, but it, we, are, we are growing and we are moving. If you look at a lot of uh, like parenting influences, a lot of business influences, they, they tend to have a bit of an older audience. But a lot of the guys who are on the platform, I'd probably say about 70% of our influences are under the age of 35. Um, it's not to say that we wouldn't be able to help with a campaign that had an older audience. It would maybe just be to say that it, it wouldn't be, you know, you maybe wouldn't shift as much of your budget towards influences. Yeah. Is there an X factor that we haven't spoken about that you'd like to bring to our attention? Um. So I think, let me almost just, if I just run and have a look at the pressure I did last week, so what was a really interesting fact? So, so something that I chatted to the audience about last week, which, I mean, not last week, sorry, this week at the possible conference, which mm. seemed to be a slide that got lots of interaction, uh, was we just looked at the statistics. So we, we took six months of searches from June to December last year, 
And we went and said, if you look at Webfluential as a marketplace, so if you have 3,000 marketers on the side who are searching to connect with influencers, and then on the right-hand side you have 8,000 influencers who are looking to collaborate with brands, where are the searching, where is the search happening? So where is their supply and where is their demand? So if you just look at the supply from influencers, um, it helps us understand where we have more influencers than we have brands looking to work with influencers. So those categories were travel, pets, lifestyle, music, and sports and gaming. So that means that, you know, if you're kind of looking to be a YouTube star in the next two to three years, that area is already maybe a bit more saturated, which I, I mean, I can tweet the slide afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then on the side where we kind of are looking for inventory, so where we have more brands, Looking for influencers and there maybe isn't enough supply available for them to work with the right um, online creatives is in the fashion space, in the technology space. Parenting space is huge. Beauty, retail, and fashion is a really, really big category. We get lots of searches. And business and finance, actually. So, so I think that's showing that as a marketer, they are looking for those online creatives, but there maybe isn't enough inventory available to, to follow. Okay, so hopefully that will change. Okay, I'm going to leave you some work. Some of those slides, do tweet them after the show. And uh, yeah, just use hashtag media show tweet to me. But if you wish to push it on, put it on Instagram and Facebook and wherever else, that's also fine. Also, Kirsty, if you can, maybe tweet five, five key takeouts that you just mentioned on air now so I can share them with listeners as well in case they've forgotten it. All right? Sure, I will do. Perfect. That's where we're going to leave it. Kirsty Sharman, I need to get onto this web information. I think it's really easy. That's what I think. And others may want to do the same. In fact, Kirsty, if you're still listening in, you could maybe even tweet uh, maybe the the top 10 South Africans in terms of earnings per tweet, as we've discussed as well. That's Kirsty Sharman, the Global Head of Operations for Webfluential. Uh, And you can follow them, Webfluential, W-E-B-F-L-U-E-N-T-I-A-L. And then on Twitter, it's the T-I, then underscore A-L. Check it out. They'll, they'll put a value to what your tweet or your social media posting is worth, provided you get a substantial, and I don't mean substantial as in hundreds of thousands. I think anything above a thousand or two is considered as a person who has a following. Uh, also check out hashtag possible conference, because I think some points came out of there as well.